And now, a warrior for the Word of God and the Constitution of the United States, a Marine Corps veteran, a Harvard-trained attorney, Bishop of the Called Churches, and founder and president of STAND. Staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening. Your host, Bishop E. W. Jackson. And I am he. Great to be with you again today, folks. Hope you had a wonderful weekend. Mother's Day. I hope all of you mothers had a wonderful Mother's Day, a happy Mother's Day. And all of you children honored your mothers. And for those of you whose mothers have gone on to glory, I'm sure that you missed them. Uh, and all of those mothers who are with us, uh, let's, let's make sure that we honor them, particularly at a time, folks, when motherhood is being denigrated, uh, is being marginalized. In fact, this past weekend, you, you know, the, the, sometimes, folks, this stuff is just unbelievable. But this past weekend, um, a lot of homosexual and gender confusion uh, communiques went out saying that it's important to remember that uh, men can be mothers, too, when they transition to be women. And uh, in this particular article, it talked about this daughter talking to her mom who used to be her dad sending a note saying, you are now my mom. Now, I don't know where her real mother is, but one thing is for sure, her father didn't carry her in his womb for nine months because he has none. And so, but she's now calling him mom because he's transitioned, he thinks, into becoming a woman. Now, I know, folks, this this kind of psychosis, really, because this is this is just delusional stuff. It'll make your brain explode. And you look at these people and you really feel sorry for them because you realize they're sick. They really are mentally ill. When you've got a girl calling her dad mom because he now and there's a picture of him. As a matter of fact, in pink hair and red lipstick, but you can tell he's a guy. And you look at him, you can tell he's a guy. He's got a masculine face, but you know now he's he's mom. And then memes on TikTok, of course. Here's one I'm looking at. Make sure you don't sign your dead name on your Mother's Day card, because you know when you apparently when uh, uh, allegedly when you transition, that's your the name you had before was your dead name. So make sure you don't put your dead name. You got to put your alive name, which is if you went from Joe to being Joanna. I hope all of you real mothers had a wonderful Mother's Day. And by the way, let me take this opportunity to tell you. My organization stands staying true to America's national destiny. We have two major initiatives we're pushing One we talked about before, which is Celebrate American History Month, which is in the month of September, encouraging everybody to celebrate American History Month and tell the true history of our country. Yes, we've made our mistakes. Yes, we've certainly uh, had our share of, of injustices and things that have happened in our country all across the board because we're human beings And because we were born, our country was born into a particular context in the world, a brutal, barbaric context. Uh, And by the way, it really hasn't changed that much. It just has a a much more civilized patina. But nevertheless, slavery was universal. It existed everywhere and was practiced by all kinds of people. And we were birthed into an age that had not yet reached the level of moral sensitivity where people realized slavery was inherently wrong. And by the way, in many places in the world, they still have not reached that sense of moral, uh, that moral sensibility. But we have in our country. So yes, we, like other people, have made our mistakes. But our history is also illustrious and noble and heroic and sacrificial 
and admirable and inspiring. And let's tell those stories. Let's encourage ourselves as Americans. Let's remind ourselves that we've done much good in the world. In fact, the world is a better place because the United States of America exists. So that's what we do in September. Well, we now have a new initiative coming up uh, that we've started already called Celebrate Traditional Marriage and Family Month, which goes from Mother's Day to Father's Day. This is the antidote to all of this so-called gay pride and why we have pride in sin. Only the devil knows and the people who follow him. But for those of us who understand that God created us, designed us a certain way for a certain purpose to live out a certain life, we want to celebrate God's design. And God's design is marriage. One man, one woman in the bonds of holy matrimony, being fruitful and multiplying and replenishing the earth, a father and a mother raising children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So we're going to celebrate traditional marriage and family month from Mother's Day to Father's Day. And we've got a, a, um, a banner that we would be happy to have people replicate and utilize. Uh, and we're going to make more things available to you. We caught up with our dinner right now, which will be over, of course, as of the end of the, the evening tomorrow. Uh, and we'll, we'll put together some more materials that individuals, churches, um, uh, uh, Christian organizations, Christian schools can use. Because, folks, we can't just curse the darkness. We've got to turn on the light. Now, here again, the mainstream media is not going to pay any attention to this initially, at least. But we've got to make them pay attention to it in time. And the way we do that is by creating critical mass of people saying, I'm celebrating traditional marriage and family month, not this other stuff that people have come up with. If I were president of the United States, as I said before, folks, there would be no proclamation for any gay pride month. You better believe it. The proclamation would be for traditional marriage and family month because that's what this country desperately needs. We desperately need to strengthen marriages and family because as that part of society breaks down, the rest of it breaks down. And I think that's the cause of all the crime and all the, 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 the chaos and the anarchy and the murder that we're seeing in the cities of our country. It is primarily because there are no fathers and mothers together mainly absent fathers, raising their children and bringing them up to know right from wrong, to know good from evil, to know how to properly conduct themselves, to have compassion for other human beings, to treat others with respect. They're not getting that. They're being educated by the streets. And it's just self-perpetuating and degenerating because, frankly, we are producing in some ways worse and worse monsters. So... This is Celebrate Traditional Marriage and Family Month in the name of Jesus. Uh, speaking of this breakdown, of course, we've got one of my fellow Marines, a Marine Corps veteran, who is being charged with manslaughter by crazy Alvin Bragg, uh, the George Soros puppet, uh, who is, instead of lauding this man for stepping in and trying to protect the passengers. Uh, he's now being charged with murder and runs the risk of being put away for 15 years. I mean, folks, this, this is, it's, it's horrendous, the things that we see going on in our country. Um, look, stand by. I, I, I've got more to tell you about, more issues to bring up, uh, and then later on in the program, we'll start taking your calls. Back in a moment. This is Viewpoints with Kirby Anderson. Each year I teach a second-year class at a Bible school on homosexuality. 
One of the questions we discuss is what percentage of the population is homosexual? I quote from studies done by the University of Chicago and the Alan Guttmacher Institute, which puts a percentage around 2%. When I show the students a Gallup poll that shows U.S. adults estimated that 25% of Americans are gay and lesbian. Of course, those estimates are off by an order of magnitude. We now have articles quoting the Youth Risk Behavior Surveillance System of the CDC that estimates that only 75% of American high school students now identify as heterosexual. The headlines and articles therefore claim that 25% are LGBTQ. In a recent commentary, Wilford Riley raises some significant questions. First, there is simply no genetic or biological explanation for a surge like this one. This is significantly different from the many studies I've quoted in the past. You know, attempts to argue that this is due to increased social tolerance for gays does not help either, especially when you consider that many European countries have been even more tolerant of LGBTQ. I think a better explanation is social contagion, which I've discussed in relationship to transgenderism in previous commentaries. Andrew Sullivan is a prominent gay columnist and provides this answer. He says the most plausible explanation is that everyone wants to be LGBTQ now, so why not lie and be cool? The only problem is that it makes the LGBTQ community majority straight. As you can tell, he doesn't believe the 25% headlines and doesn't think this is helpful to his gay agenda. There's no reason to believe the 25% claim. It reminds me of the Gallup poll estimate from many years ago. I'm Kirby Anderson, and that's my point of view. For a free copy of Kirby's booklet, A Biblical View on Inflation, go to viewpoints.info slash inflation. That's viewpoints.info slash inflation. Let's be real. Retirement is expensive, and inflation is making it even harder with the cost of everything going up from pet food to a dozen eggs. Wouldn't it be great if the cost of your health care could go down? Well, MediShare 65 Plus is $99 a month for ages 65 to 74. And for many with Medicare Parts A and B looking at other options, that's 50% or more saved per month. No gimmicks. It's $99 a month, and you can use any Medicare-approved doctor or facility, and you get 24-7 access to telehealth from the convenience of your home. Better yet, MediShare is a Christian nonprofit organization. It's a community that will pray for you and encourage you. And since we've cut out the middleman, you get to keep the savings. Call now. You can learn more about MediShare 65 Plus. Here's the number. 833-45-BIBLE. That's 833-45-BIBLE. 833-45-BIBLE. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. So Daniel Penny is being charged with manslaughter um, on the death of Jordan Neely. Jordan Neely uh, is a young man who, I guess he's about 24 years old, arrested 42 times, committed numerous physical assaults. So he is prone to violence. And in one case, he beat a woman so bad that she may be suffering from brain damage. He broke her orbital eye bone, or you know, the orbital bone is the eye bone, bo- broke the bone around her eye, apparently broke her jaw, did significant damage to this woman. And so when he began to act up and act out and threaten people, Daniel Penny took control. And uh, with a, the help of a couple of other guys, they got him down. They apparently put him in a chokehold. We don't know yet what he was on. We don't know whether he was, I mean, he's got mental problems, so wouldn't be surprised if he if he was drug-addled. We just don't know. Uh, I, I think we can say this quite safely. Daniel Penny did not get on that train to kill somebody. He did not get on that train for a bad encounter, and he certainly, when he finally acted, I guarantee you, He did not intend to kill that guy. He was trying to protect other people from having what apparently happened to a woman that Jordan Neely beat, could have killed her. If you're hitting somebody hard enough to break their orbital bone, he could have killed this woman. And he is the one threatened with jail. 
And, and folks, I'm going to be pointing this out dinner tomorrow night. For those of you who will be there, I'll see you there. 333 children have been murdered in the streets of our cities across this country. They have sometimes been murdered by bullets flying through their, their, the walls of their houses, shot off their bikes, killed in their parents' cars, because some thugs have decided that they're after somebody and they're in the vicinity and they end up dead. Often the person they're trying to shoot walks away unscathed, but the child is murdered. I've not seen one protest. I've not seen one march. I've not seen one gathering. I've not seen the kind of news made by the death of Jordan Neely. None of that. Because the only time people get incensed, the left gets incensed, and these black activists get incensed, is as if they can put a racial patina on something. The fact that Daniel Penny happens to be an American of European ancestry and Jordan Neely happens to be an American of African ancestry, that's all you need. Doesn't matter what Jordan Neely did. Doesn't matter what Daniel Penny was trying to do. I mean, folks, this, this stuff is just, it's, it's utterly ridiculous. Bragg's got to go. He's got to go. Daniel Penny, I hope that if there's a grand jury, which I understand there will be, they will completely exonerate him. Uh, this man is a fellow Marine. I, I went through the same training. He's, he went through the same training I went through because I'm much older than he is. I went through the same training he went through. Marines are not trained to hurt people, to innocent people. We are trained to deal with dangerous situations and, 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 and go into some of the most horrendous circumstances and try to bring order out of it. But in a situation like that, I can tell you unequivocally that Marines aren't trained to go in and kill people in circumstances like that. He was trying to help out, trying to get this guy under control, and unfortunately he died in the process. And we ought to be, frankly, we ought to be pinning a medal on him for being willing to get involved. Tragic circumstances notwithstanding. Uh, I've got to tell you this. So that's just one issue I wanted to, to, to put out there. I've got to tell you this, folks. I'm disappointed with, the, with the, 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 the level of political discourse that I'm hearing, even coming from most Republicans, even coming from the presidential candidates, all of them. Because, look, here's the bottom line, folks. We're not in a policy dispute we're in a dispute over whether America will continue to exist as we know it. This, we are in a profound cultural revolution in our country. And if it continues, if it continues as it's been going and it does not get arrested and you can't arrest it with particular policy prescriptions, they can help. But look, we've been we've been fighting the policy fight all along. And look what we've got. We've got the complete takeover our college of our colleges, our universities, our corporate system, our entertainment system, our public schools. The left completely controls all institutions of cultural influence, including most churches. So what we're doing has not been working. We've got to deal with the fact that we are in a spiritual and cultural battle and while particular policy prescriptions can be important, they are not the ultimate answer. So here, here's just one example. Look at, the, look at what's going on right now. Mayorkas is claiming that, that they are succeeding at the border. There's been a 50% reduction in encounters. I don't know what the man is talking about. We're having record numbers of illegal immigrants pouring into our country, and he's acting like he's successful, like, like they're somehow successfully controlling the border. No, but they are being successful. They're just not telling us why. He's a liar. Okay? Alejandro Mayorkas is a liar, just like his boss, Joe Biden. They are liars par excellence. They are of the, their father, the devil. The deeds of their father, they will do. He was a liar from the beginning, and the truth is not in him. And the truth is not in them either. And by the way, not only was he, was a, liar, not only was he a liar, but he was a murderer from the beginning as well. 
And as far as I'm concerned, we, the same spirit is operative in these leaders and in the in the in the Democrat Party. Look at the number of children who have died trying to get across the border illegally. Think of the number of children who are are put into human trafficking to become sexual objects for some perverse people or put into slavery to work until they can their parents have paid off whatever or whoever is paying the cartel has gotten its pound of flesh literally speaking but i do want to say this to you folks and and this is a little bit of a, a this is something you probably don't expect me to say but it, it hit me today. Mayorkas was being interviewed on the Communist News Network, and he was bragging about how successful they are in controlling the border over the past week and things have changed dramatically and all this. But I'm telling you, folks, and, and, and I am not one to just—I I never make up stuff like this. He had a smile on his face when he was saying this that said two things to me. Number one, yeah, I'm lying, but there's nothing you can do about it. And the people on my side don't care. I mean, it was that kind of this little impish smile. I mean, this is a crisis situation, but he had a smile on his face like it was just it was weird. But you know what? The second thing that smile said to me, we are taking over this country and you can't do anything about that either. I'm serious, folks. We are taking over and there's nothing you can do about that either. We are flooding the country with people who will become our sycophants and affect our psychological slaves because they will owe everything to us. And we are taking over America and we're taking it in a direction that nobody wants it to go, but we don't care. Or at least no patriotic American wants it to go, but we don't care. Because we decided we don't like the America we've got. We're going to give everybody a new one, whether anybody likes it or not. It was a really evil grin on his face that said, yeah, I know exactly what I'm doing. We know exactly what we're doing, and there's nothing you can do about it. <sighs> Look, we, we know we've had terrorists coming across our border. The numbers are increasing. We know fentanyl's been coming across the border, killing our young people particularly. That's increasing. We know gang members, MS-13, MS other criminals have been coming across our border. We've seen the results. We've seen the crimes they've committed, the murders they've committed, sometimes having been deported three or four times. That's increasing. And now we've got Chinese nationals coming across the border. And some people think, well, maybe they're just escaping communist China. Yeah, well, maybe. But does anybody think that the communist Chinese are beyond putting people in place to come across the border easily to help them in infiltrating our country, to help them in understanding us, to know, knowing better how to defeat us. Does anybody doubt that? My understanding is some of these people coming in are engineers. Does anybody doubt they will be tapped for some purpose that will give them access to our technology and to who knows what? else in our country that's vital to our national security. Uh, folks, it, it's, it, it, it's all, if it's always darkest before the dawn, well, praise God, because it can't get much darker. It really can't. I mean, I'm not saying it can't get any darker, but it can't get much darker. And somebody's got to talk about the fact that it's the spiritual and cultural condition of our country that the Democrat Party represents and the left represents, and we've got to go after that root cause of these problems. Back in a moment. It's my turn. Here is your host for my turn, Don Wildman. Faith. 
It's spoken of often but little used, and ever so few of those who use the word know the meaning of it in its fullness. What do we mean when we say the word faith? What picture imagery forms in our mind? Or is it to us just a vague word without substance which is good to use? What is faith? Faith goes beyond our feeble efforts to define it with words. For faith is, in reality, a complete way of life. Faith has brought to reality the highest and fondest dreams of mankind. Faith has kept many going on against tremendous odds, reaching for that which society called impossible. Faith has kept dreamers dreaming when the dream seemed to be dying. What is faith? Again, I say it passes beyond our ability to define with mere words. But since that is the best medium we humans have, at least we should strive for something definitive on which we can build. Probably the best definition of faith ever given is this one. To have faith is to be sure of the things we hope for, to be certain of the things we cannot see. The definition, of course, comes from the book of faith. The shepherd from Nazareth never tried to give a definition of the word, but he was continually seeking to get people to live by it. Indeed, it healed the man lying paralyzed on his bed in Capernaum. It made well the sick daughter of the Canaanite woman who lived in the region of Tyre and Sidon. She was healed because of her mother's faith. And the woman who had suffered from severe bleeding for 12 years, she was healed because of her faith. Faith which led her to touch the hem of his garment. Truly, he wants us to live by faith. Faith is a way of life, not merely a word. Faith is what the Maker calls us to. William Newton Clark said that faith is the daring of the soul to go farther than it can see. And it was Emerson who said that all I have seen teaches me to trust the Creator for all I have not seen. Sure of the things we hope for. Certain of the things we cannot see. The results of faith? Edwin Hubble Chaplin had this to say about them. Skepticism has not founded empires, established principles, or changed the world's heart. The great doers of history have always been men of faith. To try to live without faith, namely faith in a God like the Good Shepherd presented, is to fail to ever find the real substance of life. It would be like trying to be filled while eating at an empty table. I know people with much more wisdom than I have, have given a definition for faith in the centuries gone by. And I'm sure that individuals of much more spiritual insight than I have will go on giving definitions for centuries to come. But I'm glad that it's not my lot in life to try to define it, only to experience it. And that we can all do, regardless of our mental capacity. This has been My Turn with Don Wildman, a production of the American Family Association. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now, back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. The number is 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. We're opening up the phone lines. Take your calls. Here's the other thing. Uh, so I, I mentioned, uh, obviously, this this whole border situation, what's going on uh, in in New York with the charging of uh, Daniel Penny for manslaughter, for which he could get up to 15 years in prison for having simply tried to help out the passengers on an enclosed subway train against a guy who had already committed multiple assaults. And it proved himself to be dangerous, mentally ill, apparently, but still dangerous. Uh, here's the other thing I want to get to before I, I, I start taking these calls. You know, folks, sometimes you, you just almost could become sick at the stomach with the, with the way these people conduct themselves. Joe Biden goes to Howard University and gives this stupid speech because every speech he gives pretty much is stupid. And he says to them that the greatest threat facing our country is white supremacy. 
And then he says, I'm not just saying this because I'm at a black HBC or HBU. By the way, HBU means historically black university or historically black college. So he said, because I'm, I'm a, a black H, <laughs> HBU. So in other words, he was it was redundant. But that's I don't want to nitpick because the man obviously is not all there. All he had to do was say, because I'm at an HBU, but no, at a black HBU, as if there's some other kind. But then he says, I'm not just saying it for that reason. Well, once again, I mean, Joe Biden has a history, a history, folks. And here again, I'm not trying to be mean or just just nitpicking because I don't agree with him. This is just the truth. He has a history of being a liar. It's just what he does. The man has absolutely no affinity for truth. He lies about just about everything. And in fact, I think he's a pathological liar because he lies about things he doesn't need to lie about. Makes up stories. I mean, you know, he told a story one time about he saw two guys kissing and his father just said, it's very simple, Joe. They're in love. I don't believe that for a minute. I don't believe that for I think he lies on his father. I think he lies on his mother. Remember, he lied about where he was using somebody else's speeches and claiming that those were his own. And he just that's what he he lied. I, I've never talked to my son about his business dealings. I mean, come on. And he sat up there and told those people that bold face lie about white supremacy is the greatest threat to our country. I said the greatest terrorist threat. He's also said the greatest domestic threat. Look, the greatest threat to the United States of America internally, domestically, inside our country right now is the Democrat Party. And I mean that. I mean that, folks. I think they are the greatest threat to the future of our country. They don't care about God They don't care about the Declaration of Independence. They don't care about the Constitution. They don't care about the rule of law. And what this whole immigration thing is showing is they don't care about the American people. Here here is another little piece of that you've heard, haven't you? That New York hotels are now being required to displace homeless veterans who've been staying in these hotels with illegal immigrants. Excuse me? What? People who have fought and bled for this country, who sacrificed themselves, who've seen combat, who come back wounded physically and mentally, they are being kicked in the street so we can provide shelter for people who are not supposed to be here, people who are not American citizens. Are you kidding me? But folks, it confirms something I've said to you uh, repeatedly. They don't care about us. They don't. They only care about their agenda. And if you can help them with with their agenda, then they will do you good because it's advancing their power. But if you can't help them with their agenda or you're opposed to their agenda, their agenda, then they want to destroy you because you are in the way. And this, to me, is the conclusive proof. If you don't have any compassion, any sense of heart for those who sacrifice for our country to keep the rest of us secure and free, then as far as I'm concerned, you're just a zero. You are just a zero. And that's what these folks are. They are they are just zeros in terms of, of having it in terms of being in terms of being worthy of exercising any power or authority over our government or the American people. They are zeros. They should not be allowed anywhere near the levers of power because they are a destructive force that if allowed to run their course will destroy this country as we know it. 888-589-8840. The greatest threat to our country is white supremacy. Give me a break. 
Let's go to your calls. Let's go to Joe in Ar- in uh, in Arkansas. Joe, welcome. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I just want to make a statement that I don't believe everybody is aware of. We are paying a half a million dollars a year in storage on the middle for the wall. Our taxpayers are paying a half a million dollars a year. For two years, that's a million dollars we have paid to store metal that should be put up. How stupid is that? Hey, Joe, thank you for the call. Yeah, I've heard that. Uh, It is costing us not to build the wall in all kinds of ways. And you're right. How stupid can you get? Well, just stand by. They're going to do their best to prove to you how stupid they can be. Uh, Let's go to Gary in Virginia. Gary, welcome. Hey, thank you for the call, Bishop. Listen, I got one, one statement. For all them Arizona and New Mexico governors sending the uh, immigrants to all the cities to do what they need to do, well, they need to put them on a bus to Florida, put them on a ship and send them south to the southern end of South America, put them out down there and say, good luck. Okay. That's my okay, comment. Gary. All right, Gary. Thank you. Well, listen, uh, we know that's going to happen, but folks— I said it before. I'll say it again. Uh, look, you're going you're gonna to be called a hater, a bigot, the equivalent of a Hitler, this, that, and the other. But the American people just need to be prepared to be called all kinds of nasty words for engaging in mass deportation. And you're never going to deport all these people. But I think you could create a climate, and I'm not talking about torturing or hurting or killing people or anything like that. But you could create such a climate of enforcement that people would start to self-deport because they know that you're going to just continue to hunt them down until you get them out. I mean, it's sad that it's come to that. But I think if you don't do that, folks, they're going to keep coming. All right, let's go to Marilyn. First time caller, Marilyn in North Carolina. Marilyn, welcome. Uh, Thank you, Bishop. Um, I just have a comment as well. Um, we were, I think you were talking about the children earlier. I just, let me see, June will be two years that I've retired from the school system. Um, and t- a lot of the crime is because our children um, haven't been taught the fear of God. Mm-hmm. First of all, because God told the parents to train the children. And so if the parents don't have the fear of God, then they can't teach their children to fear God. So they have lots of programs for children, but sometimes I think they need programs for parents um, to teach parents that we are to train them not to be their friend um, because he told us Mm. to train them. That's my comment. Amen. Marilyn, thank you so much for the call. And Marilyn, the, the theme of our dinner tomorrow night, folks, is America needs God. And Marilyn, you you hit the ball out of the park because you're exactly right. And, and look, folks, that's the root of the problem in every discipline, every policy question. It, there is no fear of God. We're going to do whatever we want to do. And they're t- trying to turn the country into Sodom and Gomorrah. And that's the path to destruction. Back in a moment. Hi, I'm Dr. Jessica Peck, host of the Dr. Nurse Mama Show, the home of happy parents and healthy teens on AFR.net. I serve as your expert guide to engage, equip, encourage, and empower you to navigate life's toughest issues with your teens. We explore health impacts and home strategies to create a safe space in an unsafe world. The Dr. Nurse Mama Show on AFR.net. God made his design for marriage absolutely clear. July 6th through the 8th at the Cadence Bank Arena and Conference Center in Tupelo, Mississippi, it's the Marriage Family Life Conference 2023. Strengthen your marriage and your family with Abraham Hamilton III, Dr. Kathy Cook, Miki Addison, and many more. The Youth Apologetics track is back as well. The Marriage Family Life Conference 2023, for his glory alone. Register today at marriagefamilylife.net. 
Hi, this is Steve Tiber with 8 Days of Hope. The fastest growing crime in America and across the world is sex trafficking. We're talking about millions of lives, even children. Did you know that the average age of a child who's trafficked in America is 12 years old? Well, 8 Days of Hope is decided to be a part of the solution. Do you know it's amazing to think that there's 13,000 animal shelters in our country, and that's a good thing, but there's less than 1,000 safe places for people who've been rescued from sex trafficking to go to get the help they need. I know it's not a fun subject to talk about, but God has called the church to take its blinders off and help end this human tragedy. This year, 8 Days of Hope is partnering with Safe Harbor, a ministry in Ohio. We'll be building a $6.5 million campus over the next six months. When completed, this campus will be the largest facility in the Northeast to be able to provide the emotional, physical, and spiritual help these children need. For more information how you can get involved, email us at safehouse at 8daysofhope.com or go to our website, 8daysofhope.com. When you think about the enemy's taunt, one of the things he taunted Eve with was, did God really say? The best way to combat a lie is with truth, as Crystal Evans Hurst describes on Focus on the Family Minute. So the antidote for the lies of the enemy is what did God say? So the first thing I always tell a woman is be honest about how you feel. First of all, because he already knows. There's no shame in being scared, hurt, afraid, feeling ashamed, feeling guilty. Be honest. But then you have to go where the enemy asks the question, what does God say? So be honest, but then search the scriptures. What does God say about guilt? What does God say about shame? What does he say about care of the ones that he loves? What does he say? Because then when you are able, again, to rehearse what he says in combat with your feelings, that's where the victory is. In the face of difficult emotions, cling to the truth, God's truth. You'll find comfort and strength. More at familyminute.org. Back to the Awakening with Bishop E.W. Jackson on American Family Radio. We're back, folks. The number is 888-589-8840. You know, when you get to a point where you're kicking veterans into the street in order to make room for people who don't even have a right to be here and are not American citizens, uh, you know that that the system is just the 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 governmental leaders have lost their minds. Uh, you you know they they've just lost. When I say lost their minds, I don't mean psychologically insane, but morally and spiritually, they're insane. And that's that's what we're witnessing. And I have to tell you that that just, I mean, that stuff makes me angry. Because we ought to be honoring those people who have made those kinds of sacrifices, and instead we're kicking them to the curb like we don't like they don't matter. Of course, we saw that um, in in the Obama administration, all the problems that they were having in the Veterans Administration, the way they were treating the veterans. And the new president came in and immediately tried to get all of that straightened out. Because here again, if we can't treat our veterans well, what well, what hope is there for the rest of us? The people we ask to go out and fight our wars, we can't treat them well. My goodness gracious, it it just... By the way, let me also mention just before I come back to your calls, 888-589-8840 is the number. It is National Police Week, and we do want to take a moment to honor our law enforcement officers. I'd put them right in there with those veterans. By the way, folks, let me just tell you a, a, a quick story, and then I'll come to your calls again. I was watching one of these documentaries. I think it might have been um, it might have been body uh, cam, but I'm not sure. But it was a situation in which a young man had been killed in a drive-by shooting. It was a case of mistaken identity. Some thug, the young man who was killed happened to be black. The thug who killed him happened to be black. Of course, that's almost always the case. He saw a car, thought he recognized it, shot into the car, killed two people. One of the people he killed was a young man. I think he's about 17, 18 years old. Um, He tries to get out of the car, you know, just basically trying to figure out what to do next. But, of course, he's dying and doesn't know it. The mother arrives at the scene, and he's there lying on the pavement, not quite dead, but barely alive. And the woman yells over to a police officer. The police officer happened to be white, yells over to him that that's her son. And he walks over to her 
And this woman says to him, this is a true story, folks. She says to this police officer, that's my son. And I don't know what's going to happen, but I want you to tell him that I'm here. Tell him that I love him and tell him that if he feels he can't stay, that it's okay. It's okay. The police officer, tears roll down his eyes. He goes over, kneels down beside the kid, whispers those words into his ear. And, and as he finished saying what he said, the child took his last breath. Uh, folks, those are the stories you won't hear about our law enforcement officers because those are the kinds of people that they really are the kinds of, of, of compassion and decency that they really have and the kind of horrendous circumstances that they face every single day. And they won't get any credit for that except a, a place like this, except you know by hosts like those that you have here on American Family Radio. They won't get any credit for it. If any, any officer does anything that anybody, anybody can question— Suddenly, they're the worst people in the world, and you got to defend them, and you got to dismantle them, and you got to rethink them, and you got to reimagine them, and you got to get rid of them. Uh, I'll tell you, folks, when we had our meeting out of Chicago, and only one person did this, only one person did it. Thank God we had a, it was a room full of predominantly black citizens of Chicago, and one woman stood up and said, I hear everything you all are saying, but I was told that the only, I was told, she said, that the only good cop is a dead cop. And, of course, we practically ran her out of there because I just I said, that's the problem. The police are the solution. And you want to kill the solution and you want to laud the problem because the problem is all these thugs running the streets who are killing primarily other black people whose lives apparently really don't matter because your life only matters if you are are killed in a confrontation with a police officer or, or is in the case of Daniel Penny killed in a confrontation with a Marine who happens to be white, then, then your life matters, but it doesn't really matter. It only matters because we can use that, you see, as a political cannon fodder. We can use that to, to once again prove how terrible America is, and this is what goes on. I mean, I, I want to say to all you law enforcement officers out there, thank you. Thank you for serving Thank you for serving in spite of the horrendous circumstances that you face right now. Thank you for serving in spite of the danger. Thank you for serving in spite of the thanklessness of the task at times. Thank you for serving in spite of the the fact that there are enemies of law enforcement who want to hurt you, kill you, put you in jail for doing your job. But we want you to know here from American Family Radio And I think I can, I know I can speak in behalf of the entire network when I say we applaud you. We are grateful to you. We thank God for you and we are praying for you. 888-589-8840 is the number. Uh, Let's get back to a few calls here. Let's go to Janet in Texas. Janet, welcome. Yes, sir. I do applaud our military. I applaud our uh, first responders. And I pray as well as I know I'm just one of millions that pray for a protection of our United States troops, airline and sea or United States law enforcement, firefighters, EMTs. But I was just going to, the reason I called in, I think we need an amendment to our United States Constitution stating that if any elected official from the president on down to the city council, whoever says a pledge of oath to honor our Constitution, to promise to uphold and honor it, if they break it, if they speak against it or go against it one time, they're out that very day out of office, never to be reelected ever again, and have an election for that position right then start election process to replace that person with someone that wants to keep that oath. And we got to nip it in the bed somewhere because they're, they're just lying. Mm. When, there's too many people saying those pledges of oath and they're not keeping them. They're lying. All right, all right, Janet. Thank you for the call. Uh, well, you got a little. You got some due process issues going on there with the constitutional amendment that would say something like that. But 
I, I agree with the sentiment that you're expressing, because as I've said before, folks, I really believe that Joe Biden is a traitor to our country. I really do. I, I believe he's a traitor. Uh, did you just hear that AOC's, one of AOC's staff members has just taken over the Communist Party of New York? I mean, these people are traitors to our country. Now, they've, they've got a right to think and say whatever they want to think and say, but we've got a right to assess them and know exactly where they stand, that they are really not just enemies of the state. They are enemies of the American people. But thank you for the call, Janet. Let's go to Jerry in Texas. Jerry, welcome. Hey, brother. Just uh, real quick, I, I'm going to kind of hit on what one of the other callers said. I think a lot of the problem is, is that there's not enough mental and manly fortitude in our fathers and men in the church. I, I see that, you know, I spent 20 years as a Navy diver and half of that training is getting mentally prepared to be able to take on the tough things that it requires. And our churches, as a sixth grade Sunday school teacher, churches aren't doing that for any of of our youth. They're not mentally preparing them. Homeschoolers got it a little bit better because their parents take it into into God's call for it. But our churches, they got to start standing up. I'm at a Amen. church. They won't let me do a biblical citizenship because they don't want to rock the boat. I'm going to let you go, brother. Thank you for the call, Jerry. Yeah, I'm going to have, uh, I'm hoping to have Pete Hedgepeth on, Hedge Seth on my program. He wrote a book called uh, Battle for the American Mind, and he talks about what education should be in America, what it used to be in America, and what it is right now in his book. And, and he's absolutely right. When we took God out of the schools. We took prayer out of the schools. We took the Bible out of the schools. And you're right. Now look at what we've got. We don't even know what a man is. We don't know what a woman is. We got a Supreme Court justice under can't even define what a woman is. So you are right. And we and we do need to raise men to be men. And men are protectors. And I think that's what Daniel Penny was responding to responding to, that 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 instinct and that training to protect others. And and look at what he's getting for it and the culture we've got going right now. So thank you for the call, my friend. Let's see. Let's go to Daniel in New Mexico. Daniel, welcome. Hello, Bishop. I would like to say I met you at the Carrier's Advance, and I appreciated it. You Thank were, you, Daniel. Uh, the highlight of the spe- of the conference, I thought. Thank you, sir. Well, my my uh, point here is um, I've came very close to being homeless, and um, I've tried to get help uh, financially, and I could not get anything. But if I would have been illegal. I could have probably got a house, a uh, check, and some food, but not being illegal, I can't. So by the grace of God, my parents were able to help me out, and and I'm uh, going to school now. Well, good, Daniel. That was my are, point. Thank you, are you, sir. Are you a veteran, Daniel? No, sir. Okay. All right. But you're an American citizen, Daniel, and, and uh, thank you for the call. And what you're pointing out is, yeah, if, if you're an illegal immigrant, it's easier to get help than if, you're Amer- if, if you are an American citizen of any kind. Uh, let's see. Let's go to—we're going to finish up with Kathy, first-time caller. Kathy, welcome. Oh, Kathy. Yeah. Thank you. Thank go you, ahead. Dear get- Bishop. It's so good to talk with you. I love listening to you. Anyway, Thank you, Kathy. I've never spoken on a program before, but I feel well, it's Kathy, really important. Well, Kathy, I hate uh, to say that, Kathy, you're not going to have a chance to say anything on this one either because the, I, I, I apologize. I should have I should have probably not hit the button and brought you up. But, Kathy, please call me back, and um, I'll be looking for you to make sure that I give you time to be heard. Uh, folks, we just ran out of it. But God bless each and every one of you. Don't be discouraged. Don't despair. We're winning. No matter what the world says, Jesus Christ has already won the victory. So stand up, step up, speak up, refuse to back up because we cannot be defeated if we will not quit because we are on God's side. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.